Hey everyone, welcome back to my Placadian universe. Guess what? I got faux locks and I love them. Let's talk about it. So, I have always, always, always wanted um, locks and I um, finally just, you know, quarantining. I've been you know, hair, managing my hair. Um, it's been so long <laughs> since I've uh, gotten my hair cut. So, you know, I've been, I'm a natural girl. So I've just been, you know, doing my thing and, uh, you know, resting my hair. And I decided, oh, why don't I do <gasps> locks? And so I feel like this is something I would have never previously done because I've mentioned that I, you know, work in a predominantly white space and it would have just been, and the thing is there, the, when I say like, I don't want to deal with racist people, it's not because they would have been mean to me or whatever the case may be. And it's just, or what people think is mean. It's just would have been an awkward exchange that I just don't want to have. You know, sometimes you don't want to be that you don't want to be on. You don't want to have to explain yourself to people. You don't have to explain what locks are and get into like a history of black hair with people. You just want to live your life. Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I'm tired of, you know, being the only black person that this white person knows. Okay, let's keep it real. I just want to not be bothered. So I always thought, oh, it's going to be a whole thing. I don't want to deal with it. You know, anytime I switch my hair, it's going to be a conversation, but the locks, my beautiful long locks are going to be a conversation that I don't want to have like 30 times before I get to my desk. So, you know, I um, am lucky enough to be working from home and I think I feel emboldened by, you know, the fact that only people can see me on a Zoom call and they can't try and touch my hair. I don't have to slap anybody <laughs> at work, but I would. But let me tell you, you're not touching my hair. I would slap you, but you know, I can, I do that. So I have, you know, um, I've gotten the locks and uh, it's fabulous <laughs> and I uh I I I feel like I'm having a bit of like a hair revolution and so um it, it's just uh, I feel like you know when I join the calls and people are like oh you know you know you have like maybe a minute of it and then you have to get down to business and it's been it's been glorious I'm not gonna lie it's been pretty spectacular so when I talk about my hair revolution, the locks, I found, like most black women, I went on a hair journey before getting into um, my natural locks. Um, I like texturized my hair. I never um, like relaxed my hair, but you know, growing up, um, I would have like texturizer and just. Um, it's just, I think it's like the same thing, but anyway, I am, you know, and then I, you know, stopped doing that. And, um, cause I, you know, when I was a kid, I had natural hair. And then I think when I went to got a little older, I wanted texturized hair. So, uh, my parents, uh, I guess bended their will and went with that. And, um, then I, you know, went back, um, to natural hair 
uh, and then I found that I didn't feel like myself. I actually hated when I first got my hair like um, relaxed or texturized and then it was like too flat and then I you know liked after like a while that it would get you know a little bit more body to it so I was just like oh what am I doing just leave it as is so anyways um it's for a lot of black women there's like you know the big chop and this journey that you go on to embrace your natural roots and it's so so um empowering and beautiful and I know empowering is like over an overused word but it is I felt um it shows my pride as being a black woman because I love being a black woman and I just you know I felt like not my whole self when I didn't have my natural hair and you know I talk a lot about you know how I change my hair and I protect my hair with protective styles and sometimes like I wear a weave and I thought like I had like a whole crisis about it because I was like oh is it sending the message to the world that I don't love my hair and love who I am and it's just like you know I like to change up my hair I like to switch it up that's just you know I won't have any one style for very long that's just how I am but always 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 self hair care is like at the name of the game so um yeah so I went on this you know journey and so now that I'm at home I feel like you know doing things um and I <laughs> that I wouldn't typically do and it's I felt um shocked because I do like I do wear like my hair in and you know afro state for you know and I just have it naturally out and you know huge and beautiful um and you know but I thought oh I've never had locks and I thought you know why is it I thought it would be just a too much for my white colleagues and I felt annoyed that um I was editing myself for people and again it's that thing where I say like not that they would be it, it would be just a series of microaggressions and I just you know sometimes you just don't want to deal with that and one of the things that I think people don't understand when we talk about microaggressions because you know nobody's going to be especially you know here in Canada I know there's like the crown act and stuff like that um in the states for people like actually sorry I was just about to swear I try very very hard not to swear on this podcast but um you know when people were like cutting that young boy's locks and you know all these kinds of like horror horrific um things that have been done to black hair um that are racist when people don't understand um what it means like the the pride I feel in my blackness I think it's something that a lot of people that aren't that wouldn't consider themselves like white supremacists don't understand like they don't understand the microaggressions or comparing my hair to whiteness or like oh it's not you know doing what white hair does like I don't want it to do what white hair does that's not 
um, the the point. And so um, I've had this conversation with some of my, you know, white friends when, you know, I say like, yeah, don't touch my hair. Like if you saw your white friend with a new hairdo, your immediate instinct wouldn't be to like rifle around in it and rub your hands through your <laughs> their hair because um, you'd mess up their hair. And, you know, I've had to have some very harsh conversations with people that didn't realize what they were doing. And it's, I'm not an object of fascination um, for you. I'm not um, going to, you know, satisfy this weird curiosity of, you know, you othering me. That's not why I'm your friend, I would hope. But you know what I mean? You have to correct them. and those kinds of microaggressions I would have to endure with a new hairstyle, I feel um, it, it would be a weight on my mind. It would just be a weight because, you know, I, as I'm, as I am getting older and more comfortable in my skin, I know that I would have a harder time letting go of those behaviors and people that I have to see every day. I don't want to say I would hate them forever, but it would take a lot of work for me not to roll my eyes every time I saw them. And, you know, I feel like it's 2021, you should be well-versed by now um, in microaggressions and racism and, you know, these kinds of behaviors, especially if you call yourself woke, um, that I don't have to be training you on things. And uh, one of the things that I've actually had to tell people to do is Mina Fombo has this excellent TED talk. If you haven't seen it, um, you should uh, check it out. It's, I think, on YouTube. And she talks about the history of, um, like, these petting zoos that happened where, you know, white people would come and, like, have to look at black people like they were animals. And they would, like, feed little babies and there's some very disturbing images of um basically they would just be so fascinated by black people that they would literally have them in cages and these people would like be like oh my goodness and you know have they'd go on a tour around um america of having these people these black people in a petting zoo and you know, she repeats this line of, you know, and also she has amazing hair. And she was saying, like, you know, people often try and put their grubby little hands in her hair. And, you know, she, it's obviously horrific when you see the images of this, these children in, like, basically a zoo um, and, like, all these white people on the outside of the cages, you know, cage just sort of peering in at them. And then she describes about, you know, in her daily life, how she has to like constantly swap people off of her touching her hair. And what's so amazing is, you know, she has this amazing line, which is, 
is the meaning the same if the intent is the same and it's it's just you know when um and the thing is i don't tell everybody to watch this ted talk it's the people that really do um are ready to you know get this receive this information you know uh the people that um are willing to to learn and understand um the how powerfully racist what they're doing is and i it's um you know <laughs> if i could you know as soon as i'm about to debut a new hairstyle i would have like a powerpoint presentation and show that ted talk and just be like yeah i'm gonna be having a new hairstyle everybody tomorrow so let's just watch this quick ted talk so that we don't have to talk tomorrow when i come in i should absolutely actually do that <laughs> but i just you know the intent is the same the intent is the same that i am some sort of thing to be um you know petted and it's dehumanizing and it's racist and it's wrong and i i really 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 love the way mina you know weaves that together and it's um it's a very important and powerful lesson for people that don't understand um, the the subtle the subtle dehumanizing power of microaggressions so in university i took this course about understanding racism in canadian history um and it was excellent best best one of i guess i, I really enjoyed many uh courses i took but uh the best course i took easily top five <laughs> and um, it was really hard to get into, very popular, you know, a lot of people wanted to be woke. Um, packed class the first week, uh, I think I've told this story before, and people dropped that class like a hot potato when stuff got real. What happened was a bunch of white people showed up to the class and expected a gold star for being in that class and, you know, basically <laughs> being told you can't possibly be racist if you're in that class and when uh the prof challenged their that stance and you know actually telling them to question their ideals they ran screaming from the room and <laughs> i did not because i was like tell them tell them you know capital t and in that class i wrote um, an essay called uh, No, You Cannot Touch My Hair. And 
<laughs> it was just about it was about our experiences and racism and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and I spoke about all the microaggressions I had to endure um, with people wanting to touch my hair you know as a kid having you know my beautiful plaits and beads in my hair and you know people even like um authority figures like teachers and I would be bold enough to say actually um no you cannot touch my hair and I said it was something that I've had to practice to say all the time um from a very young age I remember how like saying it like at the age of like six or seven just being like actually no you can't touch my hair and you know trying to say it in a nice way but really I would be livid I would be angry that people thought that they could be so bold. I mean, they were like, we got told all the time about like, oh, nobody can touch you. Nobody can touch you. But that didn't apply to a little black girl and her hair. Like, no, that applies to me. Like, that's inappropriate just because you're not like touching me, <laughs> you know, in a inappropriate way. It doesn't mean that I don't want you to touch my damn hair. Um, so <laughs> I, um, and I remember like our teacher was like, incredibly amazing she's amazing prof but I remember she was incredibly tough on people that's why they ran out of the hills but I remember when I got you know just perfect um she gave me just a perfect mark on um, my essay and she just I still have it because it was so um she just wrote this beautiful um comment on and she literally just said like it was actually um and she said you know Denise, it was so um, uh, wonderful for me to read this. And she said, like, thank you for this. Because, like, she said she learned something about, you know, my experience growing up. And, I, and I've said this before. I've grown up in, you know, Canada. And I've, uh, I think one of the wonderful things about where I grew up is just that there was a larger um, Jewish population. And they understood what it meant to be othered. Um, they were sort of like an invisible minority and I was a visible minority. So I didn't really encounter it. And it just really came when you had the white Christian people that were in our neighborhood that didn't really get that they were the dominant group that I had some of these awkward racist encounters. That was probably the, the most time I had, uh, like some racist stuff happened as a kid and I said it wasn't never it was never overt and I think that's what people have difficulty grasping um is that it's it's never these kinds of horrible people you know burning crosses um but it it's still racist and I think that was something that people really 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 have difficulty with and I I know that that's what also what makes it so difficult to eradicate and fight. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm fully embracing my <laughs> newfound hair freedoms. And I think that um, I'm enjoying the locks. I'm probably going to do braids again next and yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting but I definitely encourage you to definitely watch that TED talk it's really powerful and if you 
are yeah holding yourself back if you're black and listening to this and you're like you know navigating white space and you you feel my pain on like you know not being able to bring your full self to the workplace maybe when you feel like doing the work do it and then educate some people (laughs) um when you're ready for it and um if you're white and you're listening to this definitely watch that TED talk and understand why it's very, 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 very inappropriate to ask someone to touch their hair. You wouldn't do it to another white person. And that should be enough to let you know that you're crossing some sort of line. And um, yeah, I will uh, definitely, definitely keep you all updated on if somebody tries to say anything I I guess over my zoom call about my my locks but uh yeah thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next time